to share his testimony with you about who the Lord is because you're going to run into people all across the planet and some people believe that he's just a man. That's what they believe in their heart. They, the way the scriptures are interpreted to him is that the son of God really just means that he's just like God's son and that he's just a man and that he is not God. But the scriptures, at least my Bible, uh, testifies against that. Amen. And so I just wanted to share some of that with you because I believe uh, Matthew chapter 11 um, and looking at verse 29. And uh, that was one of the foundation scriptures that we use. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Find out who I am. Find out uh, what I am. Because uh, remember, he told the um, Pharisees and the Sadducees at that time, um, that, or his, even his disciples, that everything you read from Genesis uh, to Malachi is all about him. And a lot of times when you go back there, it's hard to see him in those scriptures. But he said, that's, it's all about me. He said, that's what it's all about. So, um, and it's, it's a struggle. But I believe, this is what I believe, that uh, just like John wrote, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And I believe that the word that he is talking about is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what I'll preach, and I'll go to my grave on that one. So... Um, let the Lord um, deal with me if I'm wrong, all right? So that's what I, that's what I want to bring out here. And I've been doing that, and, and, and there's a lot more people that listen to this than the people that's in the room. Uh, so um, I like to always, if I deal with people, y'all know I like to do it like a trial, and I like to bring somebody in that's not even saved, that the person could just listen to it. They, they don't have any bias. They're not Baptist. They're not Pentecostal. You know what I'm saying? They're not holier than thou. They're none of that. They're just an individual. And they just begin to listen to the points that are taken. You know? They don't have no skin in the game. And that's a good thing about being a judge. You can't have no skin in the game. You can't be, you know, bought and paid for. You're just listening to the facts that are presented before you. And I'm going to present some facts to you today based on the Apostle Paul. I wasn't there. I'm just telling you what he said according to the book. All right? And you do with it what you want to do with it. But this is just, I'm just telling you what I believe. All right? So it says here, and um, as a matter of fact, let me jump over to 8 real quick. So we can get a little of this. Eight chap, uh, chapter 8 and verse 1, it reads, and it says, And Saul was consenting unto his death, which was Stephen. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hauling men and women committed to prison. When we go over here to chapter 9, it says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings, and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he would find any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? 
And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and have seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many, uh, uh, by many of this man how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Amen. So as we read the testimony of uh, Paul uh, of Tarsus, that's his statement that he made to the church at that time, what happened to him. Like at the beginning, when we see where Stephen was stoned and had died, Paul was there. Paul was so excited about the death of Stephen. Paul, man, he was so elated. It picks up in chapter 9 that he was so excited about what was going on that he saw the chief priest. He said, hey, you know, I'm going to go to our leader and I'm going to demand letters. That's what it says. He says, I'm going to demand letters and I am going to go um, to the synagogues. And if I find any in this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, most people reading this, they really don't understand what's going on here. But because we study scripture, let us go over here to Joel chapter 2, verse 28. As a matter of fact, we don't even have to go that far because Peter recites in Acts chapter 2 what Joel said. And we can go over there. And Peter said it perfectly. There are some key points in Paul's testimony we know the first thing he says is that I want to go ahead and I want to um, attack and commit to prison and even death those that are in this way. And we know that is the Hebrew Genesis, I think it's three and what, 26. And the Lord uh, put a cherubim um, in the way leading unto the tree of life. Remember, it was an angel turning every which way with a flaming sword to guard the way. And it's been called the way all the way from Genesis all the way through Malachi has been called the way. That's why I believe it's John chapter 14, verse six. He says, I am the way. So those people know exactly what he's talking about because he came unto his own. 
All right. So when Jesus says that I am the way, they understood that he is talking about the way back here in Genesis 3 and 26. When he talks about the truth, they know what he's talking about because God's word is true. The only truth the Hebrews knew was Genesis uh, to Malachi. And when he says, I am the life, remember, he was uh, the Lord put that cherubim there to guard the tree of what life unless man would continue to eat and live the way that he is. And God said, you ain't going to do that way. So Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. So there's another thing that he starts to talk about to Paul is the name in here. The name and it's so important for us. This name, remember the name of God, Genesis four, and I believe it's 26 that uh, Adam and Eve, once again, uh, Adam knew his wife and his wife had a son named Seth and Seth had a son named Enos. And that's when men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. So the name of the Lord is not anything new. And the name of the Lord is very sacred. And not everybody would just use it like we use the name today. You know, if your favorite player misses a shot, you're like, Jesus. It wasn't like that. You know, things have changed over time. But people respected the name of Jesus. Because remember, the scripture says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. But for some unapparent reason, doctrines of demons have infiltrated the church and they want to try to reduce our God to just a mere mortal. All right. So Peter addresses in Acts chapter two, a statement uh, that is made by Joel, because we want to know why he is hauling in men and women. Because it changed. Something changed, and it talks about it in the book of Joel, chapter 2. Now you can go over to verse 28, but we're just going to sneak to Acts chapter 2, where Peter tells the people. He, Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in what? The last days. Uh, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and all my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is written in the Tanakh over in the book of Joel. Amen. Uh, so when we read this passage here in Acts chapter 9, and you begin to hear the name, and you begin to hear how Paul took men and women, it's not like the day where they would tell the women to keep silent, y'all don't need to be talking, because something happened here when Jesus rose from the dead, and the Spirit of God came on men and women. So now you have men and women in the streets prophesying, proclaiming who Jesus is. And men and women were being snatched up by the Apostle Paul. 
and taken and committed into prison and even stoned. Do you understand that? So ladies, don't keep your mouth shut. You hear me? You do what the Lord tells you to do. There's another part here. When he says here, isn't it hard to kick against the pricks? He says, isn't it hard? Isn't it hard when you claim to be a believer and the spirit of God is trying to tell you the way and we just keep fighting against it? Isn't it hard? Paul grew up in church at the feet of Gamaliel, studying scripture. So when God said that he's a chosen vessel unto him, listen, but now unbeknownst to Paul, God was already setting Paul up for success. And he's already setting you and I up for success. We're here studying the word. God's word goes forth and prospers in where it has been sent. And Paul studying those first five books. And matter of fact, we know he studies Habakkuk because before he launches himself in Hebrews chapter 11, he begins to talk to us and quoting Habakkuk that the just live by faith. Let's go to Isaiah 53. This beautiful and wonderful chapter talks about Paul. And this is the problem in the world today is Isaiah 53, verse 1. This is the problem. This is literally the problem. We already know that Joel testified that at the name of the Lord, people shall be saved, right? We already know that. We already know that Peter testified right there that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter didn't tell him to use the name uh, Jehovah, did he? Peter told him that at the name of Jesus. But Isaiah 53 says this here, and this is the problem with Paul, and this is going to be the problem with a lot of people that grew up in church or are hanging around church and things like that. It says, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That's the question right there. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Isaiah 59, turn there. Just a couple of little places over. It says here in Isaiah 59, verse 1, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins has hid his face from you that he will not hear. Amen. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perverseness. You can keep reading Isaiah 59. But the Lord's arm is not short that it cannot save, nor is ear too heavy that it cannot hear. So when you go back over here and we begin to find out who the Lord is, and we come back over here to Acts chapter 9. I mean, even in a court of law, you know? Even when people have got away with it, remember some people get off, but they still have a trial 40 years later. We're having a trial here 2,000 and something years later about 
who Jesus is. And we already talked about the book of John and what John believed, what Isaiah believed. All right. We're just talking about what Paul believes and his testimony is powerful. Verse five, Paul asked this individual who is talking to him and he realizes in the state that he is in because something happened to where it seemed like Paul was just on his knees and couldn't lift his head up. Something happened. The men testified that they heard a voice, but they didn't see anybody. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who are you, Lord? We all know who Lord is. We don't need to define who Paul says the Lord is. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. This is Paul's own words out of his mouth. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks and him trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what you must do. I tell you right now that unless each and every one of us has our own Damascus Road experience, even though Paul grew up studying scripture, even though Paul sat at the feet of Gamaliel, you can read about Gamaliel in, in the book of Acts, how Gamaliel told the men at that time. That he said, hey, men, it's been prophesied that one of us would die for Israel. Leave these men alone, because if they're doing God's will, then you are fighting against God himself. Somehow Gamaliel knew the same thing that Martin Luther King knew that you can't fight hate with hate. Where are these men that are preaching peace through Jesus Christ and his name, hating the kingdom of God? They, none of these men deserve death. But I tell you right now, it was prophesied in Genesis that the seed of that woman, that there would be enmity between Satan's seed and the seed of that woman. And today, I'm telling you that if you turn with your whole heart to the Lord, that there'll be enmity between you and the devil's seed. So the apostle Paul tells you right then and there that he is talking to God. Amen. Amen. He's talking to him. That's his testimony. We don't need nobody else. I tell you right now, let everything be established by two or three witnesses. And we just keep bringing forth witness after witness. The most powerful thing I see is the correlation between what Joel is preaching and what Paul is testifying here, how he took men and women who called on the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. But Paul ends up in Damascus. Now we have another gentleman named Ananias who is minding his business. He wasn't there on the road when Paul was converted. He's just at his house. Listen, he is a believer and he's, he's not like us. He literally is devoted. <laughs> he wakes up in the morning and he is going to eat the bread from heaven. <clears throat> he is going to pray. He's going to seek God's face. And it's something of a routine every single day. You start talking about routines, go to the book of Daniel and look at his routine. Can somebody set you up for failure because of your routine? 
Now, sometimes the cops can if you keep going to the same drug dealer. Do you hear me? If you keep going to the same place, sitting the whole time, they ain't got to work that hard. They wait for you to exchange, pull the car over, search the vehicle. You headed downtown. That's real talk. Well, Daniel was not on drugs. Daniel was not sitting, but his lifestyle. It's something about an individual's lifestyle to where they are devoted to something. Some people are devoted to working out. Some people are devoted to a relationship. They wake up in the morning and they got to look at them, even with bad breath, be telling people, I love you. And you'd be like, ooh, can, you, can we wait till after we brush our teeth? <laughs> Some people are devoted to a lot of different things. Some people are just devoted to reading the newspaper every morning. Some people are devoted to coffee. But this man right here, Ananias, this man is devoted to the Most High God. And regardless, listen, worship is regardless of the reaction. You're not looking for an action, a reaction anymore. All you're concerned about is your response. When you walk in the room and you really do care about people, you say, good morning. And whether they choose to say anything back to you doesn't mean anything because you were raised right. You don't stop and say, can't you say anything back to me? Behavior is what, y'all? You can't teach nobody at the age of 65 to learn how to respond to good morning. I just know that somebody taught you ever since you were a little kid to speak when you enter a room. Amen? Amen. So looking here at verse 10 of, of Acts chapter 9, it says, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Now this Lord is not Caesar. He literally means the most high God. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go in the street, which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many of this man, by many of this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. Joel chapter two, what? Verse 28. We just read what Peter said. He said, this is Ananias' own words out of his mouth that he has the authority to bind everybody according to Joel. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If anybody does that, he has the authority to lock him up and put him in jail. That's his testimony. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Does anybody understand that? Jesus somehow has switched his whole thing up. It's not by the name of Jehovah anymore. It's Yahashua. God has become my salvation. 
Job said, in the latter days, I know that my Redeemer shall stand. What Jesus is saying, the latter days is here. I'm right here and I'm alive and well. And if you think somehow that the pastor is the head of the church, I'm telling you at the beginning of the book of Acts, Jesus is alive and well. Do you hear me? And he is having conversations with brothers in the church. He's having conversations with some women. Ain't nothing wrong with him. Matter of fact, if you get the opportunity to read Stephen's confession, right before he dies, he said, I saw Jesus. I saw the Lord and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. That's his testimony. There are so many testimonies about who Jesus is. Verse 17 says here, this is Ananias. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as you came has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. The same Jesus that spoke to the disciples and told them, he says, it's expedient that if I go away, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. That's exactly what he said. Ananias' testimony is that, hey, the Lord told me all about your Damascus Road experience, Paul. And he sent me here to lay hands on you so that you receive your sight. And what? The Holy Ghost. He said, I'm just here and whatnot. He wants me just to put my hand on you so that you can receive your sight. And the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes that had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were in Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. What does that mean? I talked to you about this last week. Go to John chapter 5. It'll tell you. You can do a study on John all by yourself because John's whole thought process is to prove to you that Jesus is God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. That is the greatest commandment. And then right after that, it says, And love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. And with all thy mind, you have to understand every time you hear the son of God, you should hear the chief priest or one of the Pharisees or somebody yelling out. He blasphemes. He blasphemes. We should hear that every time you say Jesus is the son of God, it should divide a room. Because they say that he's just a man. All right. But to you and I, this is what the testimony of the priest said. Amen? Amen. Verse 17, but Jesus answered them in, verse, in chapter 5 of John, my father works and I work. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father 
making himself equal with God. That's literally it. That's literally the testimony of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Do you understand that? And we can keep going on and going on and going on and going on until we just, I mean, you can go all the way through the Bible. Because just like the scripture said, my Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. That's what Stephen is talking about. He is quoting, is it Psalms 110? Does anybody know that one? So Psalms 110, that quote is, so people don't have to look. I have to get my mind right, don't I? Yes, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. So now you know what Stephen is talking about. And I'm not just talking to y'all here. Trust me, there's some people that are going to be listening. And I'm, I need a response. Because there's Jews, Gentiles, and all types of people in, in, uh, in between. And I need a response from them. Because if I enter the courtroom as your defense attorney and I make the jury doubt just one time that that means that the prosecution that is trying to try you on the fact or trying to try Jesus as a man can't do it because I'm, I'm, I'm presenting enough evidence that he is God. Amen? Amen. It says here, but all that heard him, I'm back in Acts chapter 9. We're talking about the testimony of the Apostle Paul, verse 21. It says, all that heard Paul were amazed. You got to understand that inside of each and every one of us that are in the room, we've been spending over eight years together going through scripture. Some of the kids just grew up. In the church, you know that some people were pregnant when the, you know what I'm saying. They weren't even alive when the church was started, and they're growing up in here, and locked up inside of each and every one of you is the same stuff that's locked up in the Apostle Paul. Do you hear what I'm saying? I know you don't feel like it. I know you don't seem like it. I know you're just like I don't know about all that. Paul had been listening to this scripture since he was a little boy. And all it takes is one touch from God. All it takes is one time for God to open up your mind so he can show you for who he is. Isaiah in, in chapter 6 says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. That's what he said. Stephen said, I saw the Lord standing at the right hand of God. David who's a prophet, says, my Lord said to my Lord, sit down on my right hand while I make thy enemies thy footstool. I can't make this stuff up. But all, verse 21, but all that heard Paul were amazed and said, is not this he that destroyed them? Is not he that destroyed them, which called on this name in Jerusalem? But now Paul is calling on the name of the Lord and he is saved regardless of his past, regardless of what his intentions were when he was on his way to Damascus. Things have changed in his life just like that. And things are going to change in my life and your life just like that. 
Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Know who I am because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he was telling Paul back here at the beginning on that Damascus road, isn't it hard to kick against the pricks in your heart? Isn't it such a, um, it just seems like we're failing sometimes at life. Every day we get up. Some of y'all testified this morning. It just seems like the same old, same old. And I'm here today to tell you, do you know who he is? Because something changes when you know who he is. Something changed in Paul's life. He went from destroying people to be used by God to save people. Free people, free other people. Paul was bound. It seemed like he was free to all of his friends and family when he got that little promotion. You know what I'm saying? He had came up. He had got papers in his back pocket. Paul was going around, regardless of the Roman authority at that time, he was going around and locking up men and women that called upon the name. The testimony right here is not this he that destroyed them, which called on this name in Jerusalem and came here for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest. Ain't this the same dude or should we go look for somebody else? But something happened on that road to Damascus. And don't give up praying for yourself and praying for your family because just one touch from God. You know that? One touch from that woman that had the issue with blood. She says, I know who he is. If I just touch him, it's like touching God. And she went out there on her hands and knees. And if they would have caught her, if they weren't so caught up on Jesus and realized what she was doing, they would have stoned her. But she went out there with this issue. She was unclean and she's walking through a clean crowd, making the crowd unclean to touch God. And God turned around and says, I perceive that virtue has left me. And that woman knew what happened and she knew that she was made whole. Verse 22 but Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews with dwelt at Damascus, proving this is the very Christ. I'm telling you, you spend time with God and allow God to turn the light on inside of your heart. There ain't nothing nobody can tell you because you've spent time with him yourself. He did something for you that nobody else did. Nobody can do me like Jesus. Paul didn't say Peter came up and did anything to him. Listen, he was sitting there in the man Judas's house, just sitting there praying and saw in a vision that a man Ananias was going to come and put his hands on him and his sight was going to be restored. But boy, when he got the Holy Spirit in his life, how much more? Shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to all of them that ask? And Paul increased the more in strength. And my prayer today is that God's word that is in you, that he would just touch his word inside of you. That's all it takes is for him just to turn the light on inside of your heart. And I guarantee you, women up in here, men will tell you to be quiet. Men up in here, people ain't going to be your friend no more. Something happens when Jesus shows up in your life. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, 
This was a 180 degree change. He was killing people. And the next moment, God is using him to save people. What is going on in your life that all it takes is for God to touch the pricks that are going on inside your own heart? He says, ain't it hard? Why are you wrestling to that? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest unto your souls. Paul got his rest. His rest is in Jesus. Verse 23. And after that, many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel to kill him. John chapter five. The Jews took counsel to kill Jesus. <laughs> you can't make you can't even you can't even fix this book to do that. You can't fix the book to do that. Once he's once he was fully converted. Are you fully converted today? Once you are fully converted, Jesus says to take up your cross and do what? And follow me. The cross is not God's symbol. That is Satan's symbol of who he is. And you know, once you take up that cross, you know where you're headed to. To be friends with the world is not friends with God. To be friends with God, you're not friends with the world. I'm telling you today that Paul, regardless of how he treated Jesus, Jesus is his friend that sticks closer than a brother. And each and every one of us in the room have the same opportunity as the Apostle Paul. All it takes is that, Lord, turn the light on. Inside of me, the light shines into darkness and the darkness comprehends it not. I'm telling you today, all you got to do is ask God to turn the light on. The light was so bright, Paul couldn't even see. The light was so bright that he was blind. The light was so bright that it shined all about him. Listen, the men could hear the voice, but they couldn't see what Paul is seeing. The light was shining on you so bright. That everybody else that's riding in the car with you, they won't experience what you're experiencing. They ain't going to see what you see. And then all of a sudden, you begin to change. You know what, man? The things I used to do, I don't do no more. There's a change. Something happened to me. And the very people that I used to run with, the very people that was my boys, my girls, my road dogs, now desire to kill me. That's what happens when your change comes. A, ch a change is a what? If I'm facing that way, I am now facing that way and I don't go back that way no more. That's what happens when you meet Jesus on a Damascus road. I don't care how much you drink. I don't care how much you smoke. I don't care what you do. I don't even care if your mindset is to kill people like Paul. All it takes is for God to show up in your life just like that. And you know what? If you can understand what he's saying, if you can hear what he is saying, I'm telling you, you ain't no more the class clown. No, 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 you ain't. That, that, that little class don't like you no more. That teacher ain't your friend no more. Nobody laughs at your jokes. Verse 24 of Acts chapter 9. But their laying in await was known of Saul. 
And they watched the gates day and night to kill him, just like John chapter five. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. And I'm going to stop there. We don't need to stay all day long. But that is his testimony of what happened when Jesus showed up in his life. When Jesus back over here in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, and listen, he's talking to all of us this morning. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me because I'm lowly and meek. Listen, he could have showed up and showed out in Paul's life because Paul was killing his sons and daughters. But when he came to Paul, he was so humble. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And today, sometimes we are persecuting the Lord too. Sometimes we begin to laugh at people who preach and we begin to laugh at people that love the Lord. We begin to laugh at people who dedicated themselves to worship because we do it out of ignorance, just like Paul. But I hear today, I'm telling you, man, if you pray any prayer, say, Lord, open up my eyes so I can see who you are. Because I'm telling you, everybody that saw who he is, their life was changed. Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? Isaiah 59. The Lord's arm is not short that it cannot save, nor is ear too heavy that it cannot hear. But our sins have separated us from our God. And we keep thinking that that's a statement that God is making to somebody else. Paul's sin, he's a Hebrew that grew up reading the word. And somehow the very word that he read caused him to seek out Jesus and kill him. How does that happen? How can you go to church week after week, year after year? And listen, the best thing you can do is persecute people that love Jesus. That's why the word says that many there are that enter their end. Well, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. Lord, we healed the sick in your name. And the Lord says, I don't even know who you are. How can you be that close to Jesus? And Jesus has to open up your eyes so that you can see what you're doing. <clears throat> Spending time in the word. Let me tell you. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to all of them that ask? That's another key point right there. Because Ananias went his way and entered the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as you came has sent me that you might receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Ooh Do you have the Holy Spirit? Is the question today. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Has the Holy Spirit been sent from Jesus into your life? Because the Spirit cannot deny who Jesus is. And when you want to talk about devotion, once Paul got the Spirit in his life, listen, just that Damascus Road experience, he was there, what, three days. He didn't eat, didn't sleep. He just stayed there in prayer. And I tell you, it changed his life. We can't even get two minutes of prayer in but when Jesus shows up in your life, and I know that he will, boom. Ain't nobody got to ask you to pray. Where's so-and-so at? Well, you know, man, it's 6 o'clock. You know, they're in prayer. 
Where's so-and-so at? You know, it's 9 o'clock. You know, they're in prayer. What's so-and-so doing? You know, it's Sunday. They be in church, man, just hanging out with the Lord. You know what they're doing. My family knows, 6 and 9, that it's, I ain't going to be around. It's time for he got to go pray. And they laugh and things like that. But you know what? I saw Jesus. <laughs> I got a chance to meet him. And I refused to let him go. And I sinned just like everybody else on this planet because the Bible says I'm a sinner. Saved by his grace. But you know what? I'm devoting myself to the most high God. Not, not because I'm a preacher. Not because of anything like that. But once you see Jesus, I'm telling you right now, everything else is a wrap. It's a wrap. It's, that's, that's it. Ain't, not, ain't nothing else. Ain't nothing else to do. What you going to do after that? What was Paul going to do after that? What are you going to do after you see Jesus? I'm still going to play the lottery. I tell you right now, you're going to realize the lottery ain't helping you do nothing. I'm still going to go off and drink, brother. And I tell you right now, that drink ain't going to do nothing for you. The drugs and, and the women or the men, they ain't doing nothing for you. Women devoted themselves to Jesus. They weren't looking for Boaz. Ain't nobody was looking for Boaz no more when they saw Jesus. Who is, why are you looking for somebody when you done saw, you done saw Jesus? You done had an experience like Paul where you're looking at God. And you come out of looking at God and thinking that buying a new car is going to help you. <laughs> Getting a promotion at work is going to help you. Buying a new house is going to help you. Thank God for houses and stuff like that. But let me tell you something. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. And whatsoever you desire shall be added unto you. Your focus changes. Looking unto Jesus. I bet you Paul could say that. Matter of fact, Hebrews, who is that writing it? They attributed to the apostle Paul, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Real talk. Real talk. We like real talk. I tell you right now, I wish that I had a Damascus Road experience. And I wish that you were there so you could hear the voice but not see the man. Now, it was somebody talking to him. I literally could hear God talking to Paul. I couldn't see what Paul was seeing. But he was talking to God. That's the men's testimony. Paul was like, did y'all just see what happened? They said, we didn't see it. But I heard it. I heard it. Jesus says, if you can see it.